Welcome back to Just One More Opinion. My name is Charlie and today we are looking at the spy thriller Captain America The Winter Soldier. We have a lot to unpack so let us waste no more time and dive right in. I have to start by saying that this movie is one of the best MCU movies and even one of the best and finest superhero movies of all time. In The Winter Soldier, we are met by the man out of time himself, Captain Steve Rogers, who now operates as a modern-day soldier and is pre presented with the challenges that brings. Compared to 1945, the world has many more secrets and dangers lurking around, and Steve is just a super guy following orders from S.H.I.E.L.D. and its director Nick Fury with Samuel L. Jackson playing a more prominent role after his assembler function in the Avengers film. Um, and this story, I'm about to be a little cheeky, is about freedom and the price one is willing to pay to keep that freedom and maintain global peace. Captain America faces many obstacles in this film, some physical, others ethical as he doesn't know who to trust or why he keeps on fighting if corruption and greed seem to be the basis of any powerful organization. I will come to themes and plot, I will return to themes and plot uh, in a bit. Before that though, I want to talk about the new characters we are introduced to. First of all, let's talk about the new sidekick Sam Wilson, aka the Falcon, played by Anthony Mackie. And the only thing I have to say, really, is fantastic casting. And I didn't really know anything about Mackie before this, but man, is he funny. And very good at playing this other soldier who follows a code similar to Cap's. And you gotta love the fact that in a few months, he will have his own, his very own Disney Plus series. I also cannot wait for that. And yeah, I just think his interactions with the characters were so funny and his future movie appearances will allow him to give us more of that Mackie humor and help the character grow and it's great that we have him in the MCU and becoming a bigger part of it starting phase four. Next up we have other secondary character introductions with Frank Grillo playing Brock Rumlow, an undercover Hydra agent who will return for the third Captain America movie in a more nefarious role. And we also have Agent 13, played by Emily Van Camp, who again will return in Civil War. So I'll talk about them in more detail in a couple of days. So let's move on to the big bads of the film. First, Alexander Pierce, played by Robert Redford, who is this high-ranking S.H.I.E.L.D. secretary, or so we are led to believe, as he's actually ahead of HYDRA. I'll get into that plotline in a bit, but let's also not forget about the mysterious Winter Soldier, a killing machine and mercenary of HYDRA, who is actually a brainwashed Bucky Barnes, still alive and very much unaware of his identity. So we have... so. While Pierce is a more political and, in a way, distant antagonist, the Winter Soldier is a true physical threat to our heroes. 
and it creates a very personal conflict within Captain America. Uh, just to finish this section with something I found surprising at the time, the return of Peggy Carter, who is now an older woman with her memory also falling apart, but with a full life lived. And you can't help but feel sorry for both Peggy and Steve, who have lost their chance at happiness together. <coughs> I'm clearing my throat. <coughs> Uh, moving on, <laughs> moving on. Let's talk about action, and oh my god, I think that so far, this is the best action we've had in an MCU movie, better than The Avengers, in my opinion, by a long shot. And one of the reasons for that is our new directors, Anthony and Joe Russo, who would be a key part of Phase 3 as they have delivered to us, not one, not two, not three, but four amazing movies, two of which unforgettable experiences as a culmination of a decade of Marvel films. And I, I couldn't be happier Feige chose them to direct um, Infinity War and Endgame because look at this movie, guys. The action. Okay, let's talk about the action. Right out of the bat, we have the Lemurian... Lemurian star navy ship sequence. We get a good look at how Cap's moves with his shield have improved as well as his combat technique. His one-on-one -on -one with um, George or George Batroke was a cool little two-minute fistfight. And Black Widow also shines and is given more time, more screen time as a spy and fighter. Um, throughout the movie, but here in this sequence, she also shows her new moves, or shows her moves, I guess it's not new. And it's great to see her character arc develop as well, to learn a bit more about her past and her thoughts on the whole Hydra in the Shadow of S.H.I.E.L.D. situation. It gives her more depth, as well as some vulnerability as a character who has been bad and good and now needs to distinguish distinguish both to to keep more red away from her ledger mm -hmm. see what i did there um another beautifully shot scene was the assault on fury and the following chase sequence and you could just feel the tension and confusion going through him also, some, some cool moves from Fury, and the camera work was really perfect in capturing the danger he was in. Um, but an another one. Another one. Another one. Great action scene, guys! Is the elevator scene. Come on. How can you not talk about that? So badass. Captain America is so badass. Possibly my favorite scene from the movie. How can it not, right? Um, but then again, we oh, there were so many great moments throughout The Winter Soldier. It's likely that this episode will be a bit longer because I have to mention every awesome detail and the greatest events of the movie. So, yeah, moving on, but still with action. The first fight with The Winter Soldier at the bridge. Again, another amazing scene. Uh, Bucky also has great combat moves. His brawl with Steve was very intimate. 
and provided an imminent danger to Cap's life, ending only when the Winter Soldier's mask falls off, revealing Bucky, for which we get... Bucky? Who the hell is Bucky? Bow, 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 bow. And I mean, ah, oh, Rogers is just paralyzed for a long time, confused and afraid. So it's, so it's even harder when we see the torture that Bucky endures as he is, as he is brainwashed into following Hydra's orders. It's so visceral. Um, you know what? I'll talk about that last action scene, the, the final battle. Um, in a bit, let me go back to discuss other important bits first. Let me comment quickly on the humor of the film, which wasn't really dominant in this story, as it is in future entries to the franchise, but on your left was a great line that comes back in Endgame with an emotional weight to it. Everything in Endgame is emotional to me, I guess. <laughs> um, the rest of the comedy comes mostly from Falcon and also Cap's interactions with Natasha, as well as some minor funny one-liners here and there. But let me talk details and theories and setups because there's so much stuff. First, when Fury is at Cap's apartment, he puts on some music. The song that is played, if you don't know this, is the same song at the very end of Endgame. Emotional again. I'm emotional again. <laughs> um, oh, I love the Russo brothers. I really, I really do. We have two small setups. One cool, one not so much. Starting with the latter. Fury tells Captain that the last time he trusted someone, he lost an eye. Years of speculation later, we find out that... We find out in Captain Marvel, the movie, that it was Goose. A cat slash alien creature who scratched his left eye off, so... Yeah. But the second cool setup with... Happened with... Um, when our heroes interrogate Hydra agent Jasper Sitwell about the evil corporation's plans to... With the, with the insight helicarriers, and he says they target anyone who is a threat, present or future. And he mentions a Stephen Strange, who would show up in the MCU only two years later. But the thing I noticed, hmm? I think I noticed on this viewing, was that among the people he lists, which also includes Bruce Banner, he talks about a TV anchor in Cairo. Hmm. Well, the upcoming Disney Plus series Moon Knight and its protagonist have an origin in Cairo, I believe. So maybe Marvel left this here knowing, hoping, they would someday use the anti-hero. So again, very cool with these little moments in each film that tease something to come. And I can, I can actually just talk about the post-credit scene already. Um, we are shown this underground facility led by this bad guy, who we soon learn to be Baron Von Strucker who is experimenting on people using Loki's scepter. But not only that, not only that is amazing in and out of itself, but the survivors of his immoral experiments are twins Wanda and Pietro Maximoff. 
And that storyline will be very important for the next Avengers film, so I leave it at that for now. Okay, enough with setups and details, let's return to the main story and the mission. Project Insight is now a global threat, as Hydra takes over it and plans on using it very soon, but our heroes have a chance to stop it if they board the rogue helicarriers and hijack the deadly commands. The use of the inside problem, the project, sorry, as a terrifying genocidal weapon was not really a surprise since an earlier conversation between Stephen Fury teased that the project would not be used in the name of freedom, but as a vessel of fear. In this case, three vessels, actually. And so Captain America, Black Widow and Falcon, with the help of New Fury and Mariah Hill, rush to the Triskelion, which is S.H.I.E.L.D.'s headquarters, belonging really to Hydra now, and Steve gives that iconic speech. The price of freedom is high, but it's a price I'm willing to pay. And that, my fellow Marvel fans, is textbook Captain America Moral Code standing up to corruption, staying with your values, planting your feet and not moving away from what you believe in. Honestly, if Steve had, like, some hip problems or something, he would have a job as a motivational speaker because he does get through the few clean S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and buys himself some time to stop Alexander Pierce's plans and sourly fight his buddy Bucky. Now... While the other fight sequences that I mentioned uh, before had subjectively better action, this one is much more personal and raw. The, the stakes are much higher and the inner conflict within Steve and Bucky is huge. The beautiful line, I'm with you till the end of the line, <laughs> line, line, is, is all you need to understand how special their friendship was and how complicated it has become. And the storyline, again, will continue in Civil War because Bucky escapes and tries to leave behind all the terror of being a hired gun for Hydra. So we'll continue his story and this plot um, in a few days. So, for now, the world is safe, again, Pierce is gone for good, and Fury and Natasha share to the public every Hydra dirty secret, as well as S.H.I.E.L.D.'s intel, since it, since it was fully compromised and needed complete cleansing. And this, this, this decision echoes Peggy's line earlier in the movie, when she tells Steve, sometimes the best that we can do is to start over. And that's exactly what Fury did with S.H.I.E.L.D. because, hey, now, from what we can tell, is director of S.W.O.R.D., which, which is just S.H.I.E.L.D., but with more space stuff, I guess. <laughs> we'll also learn more about that in Phase 4. And, uh, yeah, that was Captain America the Winter Soldier.
What a movie. As some final thoughts, um, I have to say that I hope that Arnim Zola was not really destroyed. His mind was inside computers, so maybe he was able to survive in the hardware somehow or gone into the internet. I don't know, but I hope that's not the last we've seen of him on screen. Probably is, but yeah. And also this time around, I, I think it was pretty obvious, even back then, before Civil War, to connect the dots regarding Howard and Maria Stark's deaths. Zola is talking about how the Winter Soldier operates for Hydra, and then accidents happen, so, um, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Anyway, I don't really have anything bad to say about this movie, so it earns a 10 out of 10, guys, as an MCU movie, that is, in general, it's still great. I give it um, a 9 as a general movie. It was just brilliant. The action was so well done. The stakes were high. The, um, it was very personal for Steve. And um, yeah, the work the Russo brothers did with this movie was an example of what they could do with others. That's why they came back to direct the third Captain America film and also uh, take <laughs> Joss Whedon's place as the director of the Marvel, uh, the Avengers films, that is. And yeah, I'm very excited to see how, oh man, how the MCU has evolved because obviously now I know about everything, yeah? Everything that is to know about every phase of Marvel and I'm so focused on what is happening with Phase 4 um, every like, not leak, every, every new information that we have each day about the upcoming TV shows and movies, I'm always so interested and so aware of what is happening. So it's great to go back and watch this great franchise again. My favorite franchise, really. Um, and like I said yesterday, we are in for a treat because the rest of the MCU is mostly amazing superhero cinema. So, yes, guys, I had a lot of fun today and I cannot wait to watch some more. We have reached the end of this episode. I really enjoyed talking about this one. Tomorrow we are introduced to a whole new set of characters when we travel across the universe and meet the Guardians of the Galaxy. I'll see you then, guys. Goodbye.